This is Cruise Radio Rewind. Real reviews from real cruisers. Thanks for checking out this weekend's episode of Cruise Radio Rewind. I'm Doug Parker, and we're going to talk with Rachel. She just returned from a seven-night cruise. Actually, it was one of the last cruises in Alaska for the 2019 season. She was on board Norwegian Jewel. Kind of a unique interview here, a unique angle, because not only was she on one of the last cruises, her and her family of five stayed in the Haven Suite, which... uh, a very fancy area on Norwegian. So we're going to talk all about this with Rachel. Before we get to Rachel, just want to remind you, I'm currently on the Mekong River in Asia right now, Southeast Asia. So if you want to check the daily cruise news out, check that out at Cruise Radio News. You can find that where you listen to your favorite podcast. Just search Cruise Radio News. All right, Rachel, how are you? Thanks for being here. Hey, how are you? Good. And I'm excited to talk about this because not only did you have a killer Alaskan cruise, but you had a chance to stay in the Haven. We sure did. Yeah. Can't wait to talk about that here in a few. But before we get to that, we'll take a step back as we always do. Give me some pre-cruise thoughts. You're out in uh, Raleigh. And uh, what made you want to take this seven-night Alaskan cruise at the very end of the Alaska cruise season? So my mom just turned 60 in September and going to Alaska has kind of been on her bucket list. So this was our birthday present to her. And we looked at some of the different options. We looked at some of the larger ships out of um, Seattle, some of the smaller ships out of Vancouver. And the Jewel just kind of had that price sweet spot for us. Uh, So this was me, my husband, my mom, and my three-year-old and my six-year-old. So we wanted to get in one of the two-bedroom suites. And this was just the, the best option for us. Now, are you one of the cruisers that only cruise on Norwegian or do you kind of skip around? We pretty much stick to Norwegian and, um, you know, someday I'll probably try another cruise line, but mm-hmm. we love the freestyle dining and we also love the Haven. We pretty much always, we prefer to cruise less often and be in the Haven because we just get a level of service that is tough to get anywhere else. So I'm just curious then, and uh, you don't have to answer this, but a lot of people say that Norwegian is known for nickeling and diming their guests. I don't buy into that, but a lot of people say that. What are your thoughts? Because you cruise them so much. Do you feel like they nickel and dime? I really don't. And especially now with all the free at sea offers, you know, depending on what you're interested in when you book, you can get your alcohol or some dining or, you know, money off of shore excursions. Or if you book in the Haven, you get all of them. So Mm. we had very little onboard expenses. And, you know, we felt like we had a great, you know, just a great experience and didn't feel like we were constantly being, you know, hit up for more. So you make your way from Raleigh over to Vancouver. Any pre-cruise time in Vancouver? We spent one night there, so we didn't get a lot of time to explore, but we got to see just a little bit. Definitely a beautiful city. Do they embark at Canada Place? Yes. Okay. And did you stay like close to the pier at all? We were downtown, so it was probably like a 10 or 15 minute drive down to the pier. So it wasn't bad at all. Okay. I'm sure that time of year too was really beautiful up there, huh? Oh, it was fantastic. It was super rainy and mm-hmm. a little gross, but it looked really pretty. And we just sat there watching the um, planes, the seaplanes taking off and landing in the water there while we were waiting for the ship. Very cool. So you go to make your way on board Norwegian Jewel. How was the embarkation process? Because Vancouver is a little different where don't you have to clear customs before you get on the ship? 
Yeah, it was uh, it was a little interesting because we went through check-in first and then we went to we went through customs. The check-in process was surprisingly painful. We got there around 11 o'clock and we were in line for 45 minutes before mm. we checked in. That was definitely not quite what I'm used to. Uh, but, you know, once we got checked in, it was pretty quick. We breezed through customs and uh, they actually got us right on the ship because we were in the haven. And you walk on board the ship. First impressions? You know, it's interesting with Julie, you don't actually board in the atrium. You kind of board in a side hallway and our butler just took us right on the ship and right to a specific elevator up to the Haven. So we didn't have that wow moment in the atrium, but we had the wow moment as soon as we got to the Haven because our rooms were already ready and he took us to our rooms to drop our stuff off. And, um, and then we went right down to Moderno. So we were really happy with how quickly we kind of breezed through the ship. Wow. So you're like a rock star. You get on board and they whisk you away really quick. I know it was amazing. <laughs> this was our sixth uh, Norwegian cruise. And I think this was our fifth Haven cruise. Does NCL give you like double points if you stay in the Haven? Yes. Yeah, you get you get double. So I'm actually platinum now, even though I've only been on six cruises because almost all of them have been in the Haven. So talk to us about this killer Haven suite you have, because there was five of you and you were all in this one room. Yeah, it was fantastic. I think it's something like 600 square feet and you walk in, there's a small bedroom on your left that has a couch that folds out and an upper berth. And it also has a small bathroom. It's basically like an inside cabin. And then if you keep walking into the room, there's kind of a living area with another couch that folds out, a table for four, and then there's a balcony. And then there's a master bedroom that has a king or queen size bed and then a big uh, second bathroom that has floor to ceiling windows in the tub and in the shower. Wow. So plenty of space for all five of y'all to unpack for a week. Yeah. I mean, I have a three-year-old, so the more space, the better. It definitely Mm. felt a little cramped at time, but it it was a lot of space, which was nice. So I didn't catch this. Was there a balcony as part of this haven? Yeah. There's a small balcony that has enough room for two chairs and a little table out there. Okay. Now, what kind of perks uh, you said that you kind of got the priority embarkation? You get to eat like in the Moderno for what, for breakfast and lunch? Yeah. Yep. That's open just for the Haven passengers. Because on the newer ships with the Haven, there's a dedicated restaurant, but I take it this one doesn't have that? Yeah. This one just has breakfast and lunch uh, for the Haven passengers. And then for dinner, there's no separate area for the suite guests. The price point when you're talking about either staying in a balcony, then going up to the Haven, is it like double or price and a half or about ballpark figure? I think it varies a little bit. Mm -hmm. I can tell you that when I initially booked this price, it was about double to be in the Haven versus a, but again, we're talking about a room that's double the size. So to be in this two bedroom suite compared to getting two Ocean View Suites was about the same cost. Now, the price actually plummeted on this one. Uh, I ended up, after final payment, there was a, I, it dropped almost two grand from where it had been, and they gave us some onboard credit to make up for it. So the, the price definitely fluctuated a lot. Wow. So you got 2000 in onboard credit then when the price dropped? So they give you a quarter of the difference in onboard credit when it's after final payment. Very good. Let's talk about the dining then on this seven-night Alaska cruise. Of course, we mentioned that you could have breakfast and lunch in Moderno as part as uh, as part of being in the Haven. But as far as outside of that and down with the common folk, uh, how was the <laughs> dining experience? 
The dining was awesome. We ate about half of the nights we were in the main dining room. So the Jewel has Czar's Palace, which is the really fancy one on the aft of the ship. And we ate there once. Um, We ate in Azura, which is the other main dining room. It's a little bit more casual. We ate there three or four times. We loved that one. Um, Having two kids, it was just a little bit more our speed, which was nice. We did a couple of the specialty dining as well. We did Cagney's, which is the steakhouse that was for my mom's birthday, which was absolutely fantastic. And then my husband and I had a little date night in La Cucina, their Italian restaurant. And my mom and I hit up Le Bistro, which is the French restaurant, which was also fantastic. Did you pick the dining package as part of this cruise? Yeah. So we got all of the perks because we were in the Haven. So we did get the dining package. It was just for the first two passengers, which happened to be me and my mom listed as the first two. Mm -hmm. Um, So we had to we had to pay if my husband went to any of them. Was this part of the the whole airfare thing as well, where they would pay for your air too? We did book during the free airfare thing, but I am super type A and I (laughs) did not want to let them have control over our flight times. Yeah. I hear you there. As far as the buffet area on the ship, how was that? We went to the buffet once and then did not go back. Um, It was really, it was chaotic. And frankly, I was a little disappointed. You know, I have young kids, so I kind of look at everything through that lens a little bit. And I wanted to just get like mac and cheese and mashed potatoes and, you know, things that I knew they would eat. And all of the food, um, it was a really kind of wide variety, but there wasn't a lot of that just kind of like plain sort of of comfort food. So uh, that was a little disappointing. And there were just so many people there that uh, we ended up hitting up Oshihan's or room service if we weren't up for one of the main places. Yeah. How was Oshihan's? Um, Oshihan's was okay. We went once during a sea day and it took half an hour to get our food and 45 minutes to get my daughter's peanut butter and jelly, uh, which as you know, is a quite complex dish to make. <laughs> um, and we went another day during a port day where we were literally the only table in there. And service was a lot better that day. Yeah. Now, Cagney's, La Cucina, Le Bistro, out of those three, which one was your favorite? I think my favorite is Le Bistro. My husband and mom would say Cagney's, I think, but Le Bistro is mine. They just have, they do French food really well on that ship. Yeah, I'm with husband and mom there. <laughs> I'd, say, I'd say Cagney's too. All right, so let's talk about the entertainment on this seven night cruise. How was it? You know, unfortunately, we didn't get to hit up any of the shows that they had. Um, Again, the kids made it a little difficult. They were four hours off of their sleep schedule, and we ended up not being able to go to any of the shows. I will say that one thing that really impressed me is they did a really good job of having, you know, musicians and things like that all around the ship. You know, most of the times you walk through the atrium, there would be somebody performing, uh, you know, that you could kind of listen from there or from Oshihans. They actually had some with a little guitar instrument thing. I couldn't quite tell what instrument it was, but he was performing outside of the buffet entrance one day, which then kind of just had the music going all throughout that stairwell on the ship. So they did a really good job of, even if you weren't at the shows, you know, making sure that you were seeing and hearing really cool things around the ship. Yeah, because on that class of ship where Oshihans is, it kind of overhangs like an atrium area, right? That's correct. Okay. How many sea days did you have on this seven night cruise? We had three sea days. And how was the ship as far as crowds and congestion? 
the ship was great. I mean, I think they do a really good job of kind of spreading you out throughout the ship. So we didn't go anywhere that we felt like, oh my goodness, this is so many people. It was really nice too, because they kept you really occupied. Um, our kids went to the kids club, which they loved. Um, so that was nice that they had something to do on those days that we were just kind of stuck on the ship. And um, there were a couple of days that were sea days, but that we were going through really interesting areas. Like we had one day that we went through Endicott Arm, which is a really amazing fjord with a with a glacier at the end. And being part of the Haven, uh, we had a, pr- a semi-private sun deck area above the courtyard. And they actually had a little kind of viewing party thing where they had... Uh, you could go up there. They had people walking around with blankets because it was freezing. You could get coffee and hot chocolate and mimosas. And they had people walking around with trays of food. And you could just be up there and get 360 degree views of where we were. So it was a really great way to see the scenery as we were going through it. Indicut Arm, that's where Dawes Glacier is, correct? That's correct. Yep. Did they offer an excursion where you could board a glacier sightseeing boat once you're in Dawes Glacier or Endicott Arm? No, we just kind of went down Endicott Arm, looked at it for a little bit. The ship turned around really slowly and then we went back out. As far as dining, though, on the sea days, how was that? It was pretty good overall. You know, we were lucky that we had the, you know, areas that we could go to for the Haven guests. And we did, like I said, the one day that we went to Oshihans on the sea day, it was just a nightmare. There were so many people there. We actually got to a point where we just ordered room service most days for lunch because then, you know, we could order that through our butler and then we kind of had a guaranteed time it would all be there, which was nice. So on this seven night cruise, you hit up Indicott Arm, which was Dawes Glacier, and then you went to Juno. Skagway and Ketchikan. So give us a highlight from each port. So from Juneau, we went on a whale watching excursion and it was absolutely fantastic. We did it through the ship and they, the company that they did it through was great. And the boats that they had were really comfortable. They provided um, binoculars and we actually got to see a calf, a humpback whale calf breach twice, which everybody was just shocked that we got to see it once, let alone twice. Nice. And then Skagway? Skagway, we did the White Pass Summit train ride thing, which was absolutely beautiful. I'm a little afraid of heights. So if you are afraid of heights, you might want to second guess that one, but it was really beautiful. What is that all about? Because I've been to Skagway once, but the weather was just really crappy. So we just stayed and kind of hopped around and had crab legs and stuff close to the pier. But how long is that um, the White Pass experience? And like, what kind of views do you have up there? So it was a, it was just under two hours, I think. It was somewhere between two and three hours. And, you know, it's this uh, train tracks that they built kind of into the mountains in some cases to, you know, allow people to move around up there. And, you know, sometimes you're looking down, I mean... I don't know how far, but really far kind of down into the valley beside you. And you're able to see up to some of these peaks that you can't see from the ship. Um, so you do get some some really beautiful views. And then your final port was Ketchikan. How was Ketchikan? Ketchikan looked amazing from the ship, which is the only view of it that I got because I was kind of burnt out. My husband and my mom and my daughter did leave and do a little bit of shopping just there close in the port. Um, We were there. There was actually one more cruise after us, but, you know, we were pretty close to the end of the season and there were already some shops that were closed up and the ones that were open were having their like, we're only going to be open for two more days Mm -hmm. sale. So um, there wasn't really a lot going on when we were there. How was 
because of the weather through this cruise, because whenever I went, I went exactly a month before you, and it was really hit or miss. The first part of the cruise in Southeast Alaska was just foggy and rainy the first seven days of my sailing. Yeah, you know, it was really interesting because they kept telling us that a week before that that cruise had just been miserable and cold and raining. And we ended up with some incredibly beautiful weather. I mean, it was chilly because it's Alaska. But, um, you know, the day we went into Endicott Arm, there was this really thick fog we were sailing through. And then right as we got close to the glacier, the fog just lifted and we had just this beautiful sunshine day. So we were actually really happy with the weather through pretty much the whole cruise. Is Alaska one of those one and done ports for you? Or could you see yourself going back there? I could definitely see myself going back. I think I would probably want to try to hit up, you know, either some different ports or do some different excursions or something like that. But I mean, it's one of those places that I can say truly pictures don't capture it. So being able to see it again someday, I would definitely like to do. Since you were in the Haven, when you got to the different ports of call, like Juno, Skagway and Ketchikan, did you have priority debark? We did. Yeah, there was a specific place that we would meet the concierge and he would kind of get us to the top of the line or to the front of the line off the ship. Man, that's fancy. You have your own concierge up there, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty great. Yeah, I'd say so. So you make your (laughs) way back to Vancouver. How was disembarkation? Oh, it was a breeze. Again, we had a place that we could meet our concierge and he got us to the front of the, the front of the line and we were able to walk off pretty easily. We had booked an airport transfer through Norwegian and we were able to get there and make our way to the airport with no issues. Was it a long travel day getting back to Raleigh? Oh, it was an infinity long travel day. It was it was exhausting and it was not the way I wanted to end the trip, but it was the way I you know had to end it. So it, it went OK. Do you have any first time tips to offer anyone either a thinking about sailing in the Haven or sailing Norwegian Cruise Line in Alaska? I would say, especially if you're thinking about the Haven for the first time, be sure to explore all of the areas that you have available to you. I mean, most of the Haven, different Haven areas on the different ships have courtyards or sun decks or restaurants or lounges or things like that. So definitely make sure you take advantage of that. You can always ask your butler or your concierge, you know, where should I be going that I haven't gone? And speaking of your butler, be sure to use your butler. You know, I talked to some people in the Haven and they were like, oh, you know, we don't want to bother him. They're there to be helpful. And, you know, they can really enhance your experience by, you know, bringing those meals and things like that to the room. Now, you don't want to forget to tip them since they're not included in the daily service charge, but they're absolutely a great way to just enhance your experience on the cruise. I didn't realize the butler wasn't included in the service charge. So is there, do they tell you that before you cruise or like slip something kind of halfway through the cruise advising you of that? Uh, towards the end of the cruise, you get this letter that kind of subtly towards the bottom says like, by the way, your concierge, your butler, your youth program staff, you know, none of them are included in the daily service charge. So it is nice that they do let you put tips on your onboard account if you didn't bring enough cash with you or if like my husband, you spent too much of the cash in the casino. And speaking of the casino, what was the smoke situation like in and around it? You know, I didn't even know there was a casino on the ship. That's how well the smoke was contained. They did a really great job keeping it all in there. 
looking back, what was the biggest highlight of this cruise for you? Oh, that private event on the Haven Sun Deck when we went through Endicott Arm. They just, I mean, they had that nailed. The general manager was up there while I was up there. And I said, you know, I've been on lots of Haven cruises and y'all have this down to a science. You have done a great job with this. Final thoughts of Norwegian Jewel. You know, she's not the newest ship in the fleet anymore, but I was really impressed that, you know, she she felt solid. You know, she was a beautiful ship and I would definitely sail her again. All right. We've been talking with Rachel about her seven-night cruise on Norwegian Jewel from Vancouver up to Alaska and back. Rachel, thanks so much for sharing this review. I appreciate it. Thanks, Doug. Have a great day. If you have a cruise you just returned from and like to share your experience like Rachel, drop me an email. I'd love to have you on, Doug at CruiseRadio.net. Or if you have a ship you're sailing on and can't find a review in the library, I know they're buried deep sometime. You can also email me and I can find a link for you or we can get a review on for you. Again, that's Doug at CruiseRadio.net. All right, I'll talk to you on Thursday. Thanks for listening. Take care. When you drive the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power, you can stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see yourself behind the wheel of the brand ranked number one in dependability by J.D. Power. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Kia received the fewest reported problems among all brands in the J.D. Power 2022 U.S. Vehicle Dependability Study based on 2019 models. See JDPower.com slash awards for 2022 details.